of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of this mission. Thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the sacred heart which burns out of love for humanity. Father, we ask you in his powerful and sacred name to send your Holy Spirit upon this evening. Anoint it, bless it, baptize it. Help us to see your will clearly and in all things have the courage to do it. We place this evening as we place our, our families, our parish, our lives, everything we have and are in the hands of Mary, our mother. And we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Refuge of Sinners, St. Patrick. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, thanks for coming back, everybody. It's great to be with you for our third and final night of the mission. Uh, it's important that we have the handouts tonight. So, does everybody have this one? Devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We're going to pray that together. If you don't, you want to raise your hand. Okay, we got a couple around. Also, there's a little yellow card, Sacred Heart Enthronement and an Act of Consecration to the Sacred Heart. And we got back corner. Father Sarmiento, do you see back corner back there too? And then we have this one. Did you see this one, this really colorful one on the way in? This is important to me. This is a commercial for St. Peter in Geneva. <laughs> so I'd love for everybody to get one of those. Monsignor said I could hand it out tonight. <laughs> you do have to take Randall Road to get there. <laughs> but if you take back roads, just for a little bit. I guess I'll do my commercial first. This little brochure that we have in the narthex is called Cross and Light, and it's a national passion production uh, with top tier kind of uh, Broadway stars. So they've kind of been on Broadway for a while and gone through a conversion and uh, given their lives to Christ and the Catholic Church. And so they go around the country doing just really top notch passion productions and so all, all sorts of folks are invited to these productions and they're very, 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 very moving. Their tagline is, is kind of like, Easter will never be the same after you see this production. And they even require that we have uh, confessions at the end of it because it's so moving that a lot of people that are there want to go to confession right away or a lot of people are kind of coming back to the faith through it. So it's supposed to be a very powerful and inspirational production of our Lord's life. So if you took one of these, there's a website on there. You can get tickets online if you'd like to go. It's coming to St. Peter's Geneva. There's going to be about five shows, March 15th through the 17th. And they promise that tickets will go fast. So if that sounds like something you might be interested in, 
Cross and Light Productions. If you don't want to buy the tickets before you see the trailer, you can also go to their website that's on there and you can kind of take a look at what kind of show the production is and if that's something that might float your boat. So anyway, Cross and Light, Geneva, March 15th through the 17th. Thanks for thinking about that. Well, on the first night, we talked about how God had a soft spot for sinners. On the second night, we spoke about uh, the daily offering and the promises that our Lord makes to those who consecrate themselves to his sacred heart. And so tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to consecrate ourselves and even consecrate our parish to the sacred heart of Jesus. When the... Uh, Reformers were kind of questioning the importance of the Eucharist and the centrality of the Blessed Sacrament in the 16th century in the, in the life of the faithful. Uh, the Council of Trent kind of came out and wrote uh, their response and how important, how central the Blessed Sacrament is to the Christian life. And then uh, a bishop, St. Robert Bellarmine at the time, he wrote a little treatise for the people of Milan. And what he said was, we should put the tabernacle in the center of all our churches to remind everybody that the Eucharist is the center of our lives. And that was just a little edict that was issued uh, in the, the Diocese of Milan, and it became wildly popular throughout the whole Christian world for a long, long time. So in a similar way, the devotion to the Sacred Heart has the tradition that when we enthrone Jesus as the king of our homes, the best place to do is, is kind of the central place in your house, right? To, to make the image of the Sacred Heart kind of the tabernacle of your family home. So maybe it's the yellow image that we passed out on the first night that you might enthrone in your house. Maybe it's an image you've had for 50 years. Maybe it's an image you purchased in the back of church tonight, but whatever that image might be, it's a great thing to place it in the center of the home and pray the prayers that we're gonna pray tonight. So the first thing I wanna do is bless all the images of the sacred heart of Jesus that you have with you. So if you have them with, you can kind of hold them. You don't have to take them out of the packages necessarily, but if you just kind of wanna hold them in your hands, we'll bless all those images right now. I always tell the school kids, the higher you hold it, the more it gets blessed. <laughs> but that's not necessarily true here, yeah. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who dost approve the painting and sculpturing of the images of thy saints, so that as often as we gaze upon them, we are reminded to imitate their deeds and sanctity. Vouchsafe, we implore thee, to bless and sanctify these images made in honor and in memory of the most sacred heart of thy only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and grant that whosoever in its presence will suppliantly worship and honor the most sacred heart of thy only begotten Son may obtain through his merits and intercession grace in this life and everlasting glory in the world to come. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. So now what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray these prayers to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and we're gonna consecrate ourselves to his Sacred Heart. So we'll start with the white pamphlet. 
It's kind of traditional to kneel for these. So if that's your cup of tea, feel free to kneel. If you prefer to remain seated, that's fine too. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All together, most loving Jesus, Redeemer of the human race, look on us kneeling humbly before your altar. We are yours, and yours we wish to be. But to be more surely united to you, we freely consecrate ourselves today to your most sacred heart. Many people have never known you, Many, too, despising your precepts, have rejected you. Have mercy on them all, most merciful Jesus, and draw them to your sacred heart. Be king, O Lord, not only of the faithful who have never forsaken you, but also of the prodigal children who have abandoned you. Grant that they may quickly return to their father's house. Lord, grant to your church assurance of freedom and immunity from harm. Give peace and order to all nations. Make the earth resound from pole to pole with one cry. Praise to the divine heart that wrought our salvation. To Jesus Christ be glory and honor forever. Amen. O sacred heart of Jesus. O sacred heart of Jesus. O sacred heart of Jesus. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, hear us. God, the Father of heaven. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world. God, the Holy Spirit. Holy Trinity, one God. Heart of Jesus, Son of the Eternal Father. Heart of Jesus, formed by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mother. Heart of Jesus, substantially united to the Word of God. Heart of Jesus, of infinite majesty. Heart of Jesus, holy temple of God. Heart of Jesus, tabernacle of the Most High. Heart of Jesus, house of God and gate of heaven. Heart of Jesus, burning furnace of charity. Heart of Jesus, vessel of justice and love. Heart of Jesus, full of goodness and love. Heart of Jesus, abyss of all virtues. Heart of Jesus, most worthy of all praise. Heart of Jesus, King and center of all hearts. Heart of Jesus, in whom are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Heart of Jesus, in whom dwelleth all the fullness of the divinity. Heart of Jesus, in whom the Father is well pleased. Heart of Jesus, of whose fullness we have all received. Heart of Jesus, desire of the everlasting hills. Heart of Jesus, patient and abounding in mercy. Heart of Jesus, rich unto all who call upon thee. Heart of Jesus, fountain of life and holiness. Heart of Jesus, propitiation for our sins. Heart of Jesus, filled with reproaches. Heart of Jesus, bruised for our offenses. Heart of Jesus, obedient unto death. Heart of Jesus, pierced with a lance. Heart of Jesus, source of all consolation. Heart of Jesus, our life and resurrection. 
Heart of Jesus, our peace and reconciliation. Heart of Jesus, victim for our sins. Heart of Jesus, salvation of those who hope in thee. Heart of Jesus, hope of those who die in thee. Heart of Jesus, delight of all the saints. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus, meek and humble of heart. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, consider the heart of your well-beloved Son and the praises and satisfaction he offers you in the name of sinners. Appeased by worthy homage, pardon those who implore your mercy in the name of the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you, world without end. Amen. All together. O most sacred heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with true sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs. Your blessing on all that I do and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Merciful Jesus, I consecrate myself today and always to your most sacred heart. Most sacred heart of Jesus, I implore that I may ever love you more and more. Most sacred heart of Jesus, I trust in you. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on me. Sacred heart of Jesus, I believe in your love for me. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like your heart. And now on the yellow card, we'll pray the prayer together, act of consecration to the sacred heart. O sacred heart of Jesus, to thee I consecrate and offer up my person and my life, my actions, trials, and sufferings, that my entire being may henceforth only be employed in loving, honoring, and glorifying thee. This is my irrevocable will, to belong entirely to thee and to do all for thy love, renouncing with my whole heart all that can displease thee. I take thee, O sacred heart, for the sole object of my love, the protection of my life, the pledge of my salvation, the remedy of my frailty and inconstancy, the reparation for all the defects of my life, and my secure refuge at the hour of my death. Be thou, O most merciful heart, my justification before God thy Father, and screen me from his anger which I have so justly merited. I fear all from my own weakness and malice, but placing my entire confidence in thee, O heart of love, I hope all from thine infinite goodness. Annihilate in me all that can displease or resist thee. Imprint thy pure love so deeply in my heart that I may never forget thee or be separated from thee. I beseech thee through thine infinite goodness, grant that my name be engraved upon thy heart, for in this I place all my happiness and all my glory 
to live and to die as one of thy devoted servants. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then at this point, whoever would be the spiritual leader of the family will make the act of enthronement to the Sacred Heart. So our spiritual dad is Monsignor Steve, so we'll invite him up now to say this prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty and Eternal Father, we, the family, consecrate ourselves and our home to the sacred heart of your only begotten Son, who loves us with a tender and everlasting love. May we return this love as he comes into the midst of our family to live and share our lives in a special way from this day on. We accept you, divine heart of Jesus, as a living member of this family. Stay with us, stay with us, Lord. Sanctify our joys and comfort us in all our sorrows. May your Holy Spirit inspire each of us that we may continually be aware of your special presence among us, especially in one another. Help us through this consecration to have a deep and loving respect for one another so that we may live, daily live this consecration in our family life. Let our love go beyond our home into the world so that we may do our part to win other families to your sacred heart, thus helping to form a real community among the families of this parish and of the whole world. Sacred heart of Jesus, we love you. Sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. Immaculate heart of Mary, pray for us. Glory to the sacred heart of Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We're just going to take a couple minutes for a uh, for an offering for uh, for the parish mission. So if the ushers could, uh, could assist at this time, and we'll just have a, a little background. This should just take a couple minutes, and then uh, we'll continue with uh, Father Bachman.
Thanks, everybody. I got to tell you, it was a lot easier to tell a Monsignor Steve story last night when he wasn't in the room. <laughs> but one of the pranks I think that he really enjoyed when we were in Huntley together was uh, he'd look for opportune moments where you'd maybe have your back to the door and maybe you were taking a sip of coffee and he'd kind of sneak in right behind you and go, John! And you'd jump and everything and he'd go, what, I was just saying your name. Good morning, how are you, right? And you'd spit out your coffee and everything. And it was so prevalent that some of the staffers there even put mirrors on their computers. <laughs> they could see them coming, so. I miss that. Tonight we're gonna have uh, confessions, individual confessions as uh, the final part of our mission because it's among the greatest ways to experience the love and the mercy of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And if a mission is an opportunity to take a step back and pause and renew our spiritual lives, probably the best thing we can do is make a good confession. So I just wanna talk about this beautiful sacrament of penance that's a part of our life as Catholics and just kind of talk about it from a few different angles. One of the things I hear plenty is, you know, I don't have to go to confession to a priest. I can sit in a rowboat on a beautiful lake looking at a mountain with a rainbow behind it and just say I'm sorry to God that way and God will forgive me. Well, that's actually a, a pretty good theological question, you know. Could God forgive us any way that he wants to? The answer, of course, absolutely. He's God, he can do whatever he wants. But it just so happens that he set up a sacramental system so that he could remain radically present to his people as a person. Once again, we hear about that study that 60% of Catholics conceive of God as a force or a power or an energy in the universe. But we always remember that our God is a person Jesus Christ is a person. Our God is a trinity of persons who loves us and wants to remain present to us, and he does so through the sacramental system, right? And so blessed, blessed Isaac of Stella put it this way. He said, the church can forgive no sin without Christ, but it is Christ's will to forgive no sin without the church. The church can forgive no sin without Christ, but it is Christ's will to forgive no sin without the church, right? He wants to remain present to us. Plenty of uh, psychologists would agree that sacramental confession is just a great psychological exercise. Going to another person and unburdening oneself of faults or mistakes or sins is kind of a healthy thing to do. And as Catholics, we know it goes way beyond just a healthy psychological exercise, but it's a moment of grace. It's a moment of encounter with Jesus. And my favorite definition of the sacrament of confession is what the catechism calls it. It calls it a spiritual resurrection. When we go to confession, the Holy Spirit breathes new life into us and our souls become fully alive. It's a win-win situation. I always think it's kind of funny that it's also the uh, only sacrament where we have a theological problem with, typically, right? When I do baptisms, nobody ever comes in and says, you know, Padre, I really don't agree with water being the matter of the sacrament, right? I think it should be vegetable oil, right? You never get that. But all of a sudden, when it comes to kind of admitting our imperfections, uh, we can become theologians in that regard, right? Second, St. Ignatius Loyola talks to us 
about three ways that the devil can kind of work on our souls. And the first way, he says, the devil acts upon us like a licentious lover. Okay, so let's use a, an example here. I'm celibate, so I don't know all kinds of marriage situations, but let me just make one up here. Okay, the wife is in the bedroom ironing pillowcases, all right? That's typical, right? And the, let's say the husband is out in the living room and sitting in the Lazy Boy watching the Blackhawks game, okay? And the devil pops in the window and he says, psst, let's make some bad decisions, right? As as long as she's quiet, evil can happen. But as soon as she kind of shouts out and says, Gary, the devil's in the bedroom and wants to make some bad decisions, immediately the devil screams, jumps out the window, and runs away. He can't persist once he's been exposed. The same thing happens in our spiritual lives. As long as we're quiet, as long as we don't say anything, as long as we don't shout out to God for help, the devil can hang around. But as soon as we expose him for who he is, he has to take flight. And that's exactly what we do when we make a good sacramental confession. We expose him and he takes off. Second, St. Ignatius Loyola says, the devil acts like a medieval commander. Okay, so remember medieval towns had those fortress walls around them? And so um, a terrible army commander would go up to the fortress in the middle of the day with a trumpet and say, excuse me, we have come here to take over your town. The archers would come out, they'd shoot them, you know, they'd pour tower over the walls and they'd lose the battle immediately. But a good one, a stealthy one, under cover of darkness, would kind of go around the wall at night. This is my stealthy walk, by the way. (laughs) They'd go around and they'd look for a loose brick, right? And once they found the brick, tink, 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 they'd kind of chip their way in through the loose brick and go in under cover of darkness. But if the town could identify the loose brick and get some mortar on there and make it stronger, the devil's got no way in, right? And so the devil works on our souls in the same way. He's not going to come at the middle of the day and announce himself. He's not going to tempt us by going to some barn in Elburn and sacrificing a goat on a pentagram. That's way too obvious. But he does love a little bit of gossip about our family. He does love spending a little too much time on the computer in the wrong way. He does love when we drink just a little bit too much, right? He finds that little loose brick and tink, 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 chips away at our soul so he can find his way in. But if we can make a good examination of conscience and kind of identify the loose brick in our own spiritual lives, we go to confession and God places the mortar of his grace on it and makes us stronger. And the third way St. Ignatius Loyola says that the devil acts upon our souls is kind of like a a nagging, naggity nag. Maybe you have this friend, maybe you are this friend, but somebody that just keeps on going after you. You wanna go to lunch today? No, I'm busy at work. Come on, let's go to lunch today. No, I really can't. Come on, let's go to lunch today. And they just keep asking, lunch, 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 lunch. And finally you say, stop it already, I can't go with you. And they go, wow, I didn't know you felt so strongly about that. Right? The devil's going to keep whispering those temptations over and over again until we stand up to him in the sacrament of penance and say, look, I don't want any part of you. St. Alphonsus Liguori and several other of the great saints say, 
The doctor cannot heal what he does not know. You know, sometimes I really think it's a deeply held Catholic belief that we just feel dirty when we sin, we feel naughty, we feel like our soul, our soul is stained, and we go to confession and it's a spiritual dry cleaner. The great saints remind us it's not really like the dry cleaner, it's more like the hospital. We go and the doctor heals the wounds in our souls that are caused by sin. And so the doctor cannot heal what he does not know. Just imagine for a second if you went to the doctor at Delnor or something, and they said, what's going on? I'm in pain. Okay, where? You know, just pain, right? Well, tell me about the pain. Where is the pain? It's somewhere in my body. Where? In your knee? Is it an acute pain? Is it a dull pain, right? We would never do that with a doctor. So when we go to the doctor of our souls, who is Jesus, we have to sort of speak up, not for the priest's sake, but for our own sake, that he can apply the medicine of his mercy to our souls that are longing for it and longing to be healed. So it's very good in confession not to be general, but to kind of name the sin, right? Every once in a while, you hear a confession and somebody comes in and says, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been about 22 years since my last confession. I guess I could do better on patience. <laughs> really, 22 years and just the patience thing? You've never driven down Randall Road in 22 years or anything like that, you know? So it's good to kind of be specific and name really what's going on so that our Lord can apply the ointment of his mercy. Sometimes people will say, you know, I don't, I don't really like going to confession. It makes me nervous. It's kind of awkward to confess my sins to another person who is himself a sinner. And I think there's a, a natural amount of... Uh, anxiety that goes into admitting fault. I know I go to confession about every two weeks and even so, you know, it's, it's a little bit of anxiety, but it's something that's worth pushing through the burn on. But we don't want to have too much anxiety because uh, I always wondered about this in the seminary because priests always said they received this special grace where they don't remember people's sins after they go to confession. And in the seminary, I remember thinking, that is so cool. I wonder if it's true, or if it's just like a line they tell you to get you in the confessional, right? So you, so you feel a little bit better about it. But I gotta say, on the other side of the confessional, uh, it really is true. We don't remember those sins. I can honestly say, I've never been pushing my cart through Target and gone, hmm. There's a gossip lady over there. <laughs> yeah. That guy loves to gamble. <laughs> just doesn't happen that way. It's, it's a beautiful grace of the sacrament that those sins just kind of go away and the priest really does not hold on to them. And to be quite honest with you, more often than not, it's a moment of inspiration for us as priests. You're in the confessional and you'll hear people confessing you and go, wow, what a good and what a beautiful and what a sensitive conscience I never even thought about confessing that sin. I, I gotta add that to my own list, right? So more than anything else, we don't see you at your worst, we see you at your best. It's a moment of, of grace and inspiration. And so tonight we're gonna have that opportunity to uh, go to confession and receive the sacrament of God's mercy. It's gonna be a little bit different tonight. We're gonna do what we call mission-style confessions. So we're gonna say an act of contrition together, okay? Everybody's penance tonight is going to be three Hail Marys, 
across the board. Everybody has the same penance. You can say after you go to confession. And uh, these mission-style confessions are a little bit different, and I want to tell you a story. When I was about 12 years old, I think, uh, was the first time my parents said, okay, Jonathan, listen, for New Year's Eve this year, when the clock strikes midnight, you can have one sip of champagne, right? But they made it very clear that this was very special and very unique, and that I, when I woke up on January 1st, I wouldn't be a 12-year-old who got to have champagne on a regular basis, right? But it was just this one kind of moment that was very special and unique, and so that's what's gonna happen with mission confessions. So what's gonna happen is the priests are gonna kind of stand around the church uh, almost in communion stations, and you come up, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been about six months or 30 years since my last confession. These are my sins. And then you can just kind of list your sins. And it's okay to do the laundry list, okay? Um, sometimes when you meet with a priest, you want to tell him the whole story and kind of explain the whole situation. That's okay, but for tonight, you can just kind of go through the list and name the sins, and then when it's over, you've already said your act of contrition, we're gonna do that together, you've already received your penance, so the priest isn't gonna say anything, he's just gonna give you absolution, it's kind of a freebie mission style confession, and then there'll be treats and things in Dempsey Hall afterwards, or you can go on your merry way this evening. But again, it's just special mission style confessions just for tonight. Uh, kind of helps the flow with so many people, but also at the same time, sometimes folks uh, might feel a little bit more comfortable going to confession for the first time in a long time, or might feel a little bit more comfortable going to confession in this way, so it's just special mission-style confessions. Does that make sense? Okay. So we'll have the church, the priests all throughout the church, we'll do mission-style confessions, it's been a real privilege to be here with all of you. Thanks for having me and thanks for coming out uh, and experiencing God's love in the sacred heart of Jesus. And so now we'll just say our act of contrition by repeating after me, okay? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a poor sinner. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Really, thanks again, everybody, and a special thanks to Monsignor Steve for having me for this mission. If you just want to make kind of communion-style lines throughout the church, we'll get going. Looks like he's got something to say. I just want to thank uh, Father Bachlin for being with us this week, and he's a wonderful priest, and let's uh, give him a nice round of applause for his And uh, right after uh, confessions, we do have uh, hospitality in at Dempsey Hall. Feel free to stop in. God bless you. Thanks, Nancy.